Make room for us in your hearts. We have wronged no one, we have corrupted no one, we have exploited no one. I do not say this to condemn you, I have said before that you have such a place in our hearts that we would live or die with you. I have spoken to you with great frankness, I take great pride in you. I am greatly encouraged, in all our troubles my joy knows no bounds. For when we came into Macedonia, we had no rest, but we were harassed at every turn, conflicts on the outside, fears within. But God, who comforts the downcast, comforted us by the coming of Titus, and not only by his coming but also by the comfort you had given him. He told us about your longing for me, your deep sorrow, your ardent concern for me, so that my joy was greater than ever. Even if I caused you sorrow by my letter, I do not regret it. Though I did regret it, I see that my letter hurt you, but only for a little while, yet now I am happy, not because you were made sorry, but because your sorrow led you to repentance. For you became sorrowful as God intended and so were not harmed in any way by us. Godly sorrow brings repentance that leads to salvation and leaves no regret, but worldly sorrow brings death. See what this godly sorrow has produced in you, what earnestness, what eagerness to clear yourselves, what indignation, what alarm, what longing, what concern, what readiness to see justice done. At every point you have proved yourselves to be innocent in this matter. So even though I wrote to you, it was neither on account of the one who did the wrong nor on account of the injured party, but rather that before God you could see for yourselves how devoted to us you are. By all this we are encouraged. In addition to our own encouragement, we were especially delighted to see how happy Titus was, because his spirit has been refreshed by all of you. I had boasted to him about you, and you have not embarrassed me. But just as everything we said to you was true, so our boasting about you to Titus has proved to be true as well. And his affection for you is all the greater when he remembers that you were all obedient, receiving him with fear and trembling. I am glad I can have complete confidence in you. New International Version Greater than the only vice that cannot be forgiven is hypocrisy because the repentance of a hypocrite is itself hypocrisy. Greater than. Greater than William Hazlitt, 1778-1830. I'm in the soul business. Not in the Detroit Motown Aretha Franklin kind of soul business, although that would be very cool, but in the sense of leading human souls to God and building them up in Christ. Key to the Christian life soul is the term repentance. To repent means to turn around, to stop going in one direction and start going in another one. It is repentance which makes all the difference in the direction of our souls. Certainly, no one can really judge the heart of another. Yet, today's New Testament lesson lets us in on how to truly measure the sincerity of a person's repentance. Worldly sorrow or grief does not lead to repentance, but disconnection and death. People with worldly sorrow beat themselves up but never really change direction. Like Judas Iscariot of old, they just hang themselves instead of admitting guilt to Jesus. Godly sorrow, however, leads to repentance, a change of direction. And here is the evidence of the genuine change. Owning the problem. Eagerness to make things right. Indignation over what has been done or said. Discernment that there is more pain in avoiding the problem than there is confronting it. Desire and energy to do what is best for the person who was wronged. Willingness to accept whatever consequences which might result from the offense. Crying and weeping might be necessary. Yet the tears can also be a cheap form of avoiding true repentance. Whether there are tears, or not, there must be solid action that changes direction and seeks to rectify offenses, as much as it is within our control to do so. Deliverance from the power of guilt and shame comes through repentance. There are no shortcuts or easy routes to the soul's orientation to practical godliness. There is nothing romantic about repentance. It is typically messy, usually ugly and often painful. Yet, there must be suffering before there is glory. 
Attempting to remove true repentance from personal transformation only eviscerates the Christian life and leaves our souls vacuous and empty. Instead, we carefully, tediously, and patiently go about the important work of repentance, with all its deep sorrow, regret, vulnerability, challenge, awkwardness, and courage. Holy God, I confess to you the things which I have said and done, as well as those things I have left unsaid and undone. And, yet your mercy is from everlasting to everlasting. Open my eyes to the ways I have offended others and failed to build them up. Help me to step boldly into repentance and faith in Jesus Christ, through the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen.